And we're, we're, I'm going to look at a, a few scriptures for, for those of you that are, are, maybe you're not a part of our church, but you're thinking about becoming a part of our church. Here's what I want to say. Definitely become a part of Winner's Church. Oh, yeah. You say, well, why? Well, because you need to go somewhere. And jumping around and going all kinds of different places, it's not good for your spiritual walk. I know that there are, now don't get me wrong, I know there are seasons and times where we're, we feel disconnected. We've been there. Annie and I have been there where we didn't feel like that we had a church home. But you know what we did? We went and we planted ourselves somewhere until we knew where God was going to take us. Because that's the way it ought to be done. You know, if you're shopping, if you're shopping for churches, you're not really doing it the right way. I mean... It's, it's, uh, what happens is, is you just get bombarded with, you know, uh, lots of different stuff. It just causes confusion, but you ought to really be led by the spirit. And, uh, so even if you don't intend on staying here uh, for the, you know, forever, uh, you ought to plant yourself here until you know what to do, until you know where to go. And, um, you'll be fed the word of God. Listen, we are a word church. <clears throat> we are a spirit filled, spirit led church. Uh, this morning, we're not getting too wild, but we're not done yet. Uh, it can get pretty wild around here sometimes. And uh, so if wild scares you, I just, you know, don't go to the zoo and don't come to Winter's Church. But anyway, <clears throat> but when we started this church uh, back in uh, 2012, the Lord spoke to me very specifically about what he was looking for. So Ephesians chapter 4, uh, let's start with, we'll start with verse 1. And uh, this isn't really what I was going to, what I'm going to be preaching on, but I, I want to make sure that I say this because there's just something stirring in my heart right now. And, and uh, uh, verse one says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. In other words, this scripture tells us that um, first of all, every one of us have a purpose. God's called every one of us to be a part of the body of Christ. Isn't that right? Doesn't the book of Corinthians tell us that every person in the body has a function because we're the body of Christ? Every, there's, there's a function and there's a purpose for every part. And some of those parts, like Rachel, are unseen and sometimes unrecognized. Sometimes people go and they're in church their whole lives and they don't get any recognition. They don't get any kind of accolades. They don't have anyone pat them on the back. But Here's the thing, if that's, if that's the case, it really shouldn't bother us much because really, this isn't a, it's, that's not why we do it. Sometimes when we honor people, some people can get a little, you know, uh, especially people that have a little bit of insecurity or they've, or they've gone through life and felt like they've been jilted or done wrong. Sometimes they can feel a little bit bad because they're like, well, I never get any recognition, you know, but here's the deal, you know. Rachel, that's not why we recognize her today, because she didn't get any recognition. Um, that's not why we recognize anyone. Uh, we, we have to be careful that we don't have those thoughts and those ideas running around in us. A lot of that comes from our own insecurities and stuff that we've gone through in life and difficulties. Everything that we do, we ought to be doing for the glory of God. Amen. Everything that we ought to be doing in, is, as we serve the Lord as we labor in the house of God, we ought to be doing it for him. I mean, every, if you pick up a piece of paper, it ought to be for Jesus. If, you, if, you, if you're in the nursery and you're wiping a booger off the wall, it ought to be for Jesus. Are y'all hearing me? <laughs> anything, anything that we do 
while we're do in fact, I'll be honest with you. If some of you tomorrow would get up in the morning and go to work like you're going to work for Jesus, you wouldn't have the Monday blues. If you did everything for the glory of God, which is why, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, which is why I can go through life and keep doing what I'm doing and never burn out because everything I'm doing, I'm doing for him. If I, was, if I was doing it for people and for their praise and for them to, you know, give me props, I'd have quit doing it a long time ago. Because you know what? I can get up and I can try hard and people will critique. You know, there are people who will actually critique what I'm doing and they, they haven't invested the amount of time that I've invested. I told you about that nurse that came to me and told me how I, needed to, how I need to change the way I did ministry. I said, how long have you actually trained for ministry? She says, well, I'm a nurse. I said, so none. I said, but you're going to come to one of my meetings, meet me for the first time, and tell me how to preach? So see, you say, does that make you mad, Brother Ziggy? No, because I wasn't doing it for her. I was doing it for him. Amen. And that's what I told her. I said, well, you know, honestly, this, this service didn't revolve around you. It revolved around him. And if he included you by doing, you know, giving you some sort of ministry, that would have been great. But if you leave here and you don't get nothing, it don't really hurt my feelings. You know, you can go down the road somewhere else and he can touch you somewhere else. You know, it's just unfortunate. You couldn't eat here. <laughs> Amen. But you know what keeps, what keeps us centered is that we walk worthy of the calling that he's given. How do you do that? Well, not, not, you don't walk worthy of men. You walk worthy of his calling. In other words, you walk worthily before him. So what does it mean to walk worthy? Does it mean cut back on the sin and, and things like that? Yeah. Listen if, you're, listen, if you're a Christian, you ought to cut way back on the sin. But that's not really what this verse is necessarily talking about. When it says walk worthy of your calling, if you're called to music like Derek, if you're called to music, well, you know what? Derek wouldn't be walking worthy of his call if he didn't practice, if he didn't play, if he didn't, you know, if he, yeah, yeah eyes forward, eyes forward. <laughs> if he, if he, you know, if he didn't, if he didn't play, if he didn't, if he didn't, uh, listen to uh, music and, uh, you know, pu push, that. And you say, well, he's not doing much of that now. Well, you know, maybe not now, but at some point he had to pick up that guitar. He had to play. And he wouldn't really be walking worthy of his calling if he hadn't have done those things. And so um, as God's people, it's extremely important that we understand that we're not just spectators at an event, that we're not just in a theater watching a movie, that we're not channel surfing, going through the channels, looking for what we like, but that when God created you, he created you with a purpose in mind, that he had a function, that he wanted you to function, that he had a calling on your life, something that he intended for you to do. And if you will come to the house of God and you will and you will participate in, in the kingdom of God knowing that it's not, you're not, listen, it's not for entertainment purposes. It's not for social purpose. Although we have, some, there is some things that are entertaining around here. Let, let the Holy Ghost get on Ted and you'll be entertained. Where, he's disappeared. I don't know how he quietly left the building, but he managed to do it today. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. But that's not, the, that's not the reason why we come here. That's not the reason why we're participating in the kingdom. We, we might be entertained. Will there, will there be social benefits to being in the church? Absolutely. You know, one of the social benefits is Rachel brings us a meal every now and again. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. You know, I, I don't even know why she calls to ask. It's just like, just bring it. Just bring it. I, uh, glory. <laughs> My, Michael Salazar was over here saying, I need a meal. Bring me a meal. <laughs> so there are social benefits, but that's not really why we come to churches for the social aspect. Now, I know there are some churches you go to for the social aspect, but when God told us to start Winner's Church, that isn't the reason why he wanted us to come together. Amen. You know what? When God told us to build this church, you know what he told me not to do? He said, I don't want you to, I don't want you to establish the, um, to establish a culture of that the people that come to this church, this church is going to take care of them. He said, this church isn't the supplier of all their needs. He says, I'm the supplier of all their needs. So one of the first things we did when we started this church is I told everyone, I said, if you need a light bill paid, don't ask the church to do it because we're not going to do it. We're not going to pay gas bills. We're not going to do that. Now, as believers, individually, as Christians, the Bible tells us that we're to, we're to help those that are in need. So individually, we may get together and we may help people out individually. But, you know, some people say, well, you know, the church, they got together and the Bible says that they had all things in common and everybody's needs were met. Yeah, but they sold everything they had and gave it to the church. That's right. So if you want to sell everything you have and give it to the church and let me manage your budget, it would take some time. But if I really have to, I guess I would. <laughs> but believe me, you don't really want me to. Because if I manage your budget, it's going to be done right. I'm going to disable the cable. I'm going to get rid of your cell phone. I'm going to eliminate all these things that I know you could. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. You're not going to have no more soda pop. You no more Starbucks. No more. I mean, we're going. We're going. I mean, if you want to, if you want to live, we're going. I can tell you how to live. So you don't want me meddling much in that. Because I've been there, done that. Listen, I've been broke. I've been poor. I know what that's like. And I know the way to come out. And you don't come out by having three cell phones, two iPads, giga Ethernet, you know, from Cox, Netflix, Disney+. Plus. Now, see, now I'm meddling. See how everybody got quiet? And you see, now, now if you're going to sell everything you have, give it to the church. Have you, that's, that's kind of it. You start cutting what you don't need. It's bologna sandwiches and, and boiled eggs every day until you can come out. 
But that was, one, that was another thing we established. Because we didn't, want, we didn't want people to have the wrong idea about the relationship that they were having. God, uh, uh, in fact, here was what I told people. I said, if you have a need and you, and you, need, if you need something uh, financially in your life, I said, come to us. Here's what I'll do. I will take you somewhere where someone has a greater need than you do so that you can help fulfill their need. Because that's the beginning of you coming out of your... Because you think that you have it worse than everybody, but I know people, and I can take you to a place where there's a greater need than you have, and here's how you come out of here's how you come out of your trouble. It's not by the church coming in and rescuing you, it's by you pouring into the need of someone else. Yes. And we did that. Yes. We exemplified. You know what we did? Man, our second month in existence, you know, we are the Lord bless us with plenty of money. But in our second month of existence, we decided we were going to support some families for Christmas. <laughs> or several months. It was 12 months later. But we, 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 uh, we decided we were, going to, we, we were going to get... Well, we had money in the bank. We could have just taken money out of the bank to support these families for Christmas. Are you all with me? Yeah. I, know I'm not, you know, I know I'm not up here. I'm, I'm up here talking about real stuff. Right. Right. And, so, and some, some folks may or may not like that, but... I mean, you came to church today, so. <clears throat> I'm just trying to tell you where, I'm trying to tell you where, where we started. And there's something that I'm, get, I'm getting to because I, the Lord, he's really, he's really stirring something in my heart. I've been, it's, it's a little weighty. Uh, it's not negative, it's just weighty. It's, it's, it's a little heavy. Um, we had plenty of money in the bank. And y'all were, I think, I think y'all were around during this time. We had plenty of money in the bank. But we wanted to get family, we wanted to buy families Christmas, not people in our church. Someone outside of our church. Did people have needs in our church for Christmas? Absolutely, but we weren't, we weren't about to do it for them. Because we wanted people, here's what the Bible says, if you give, it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shake it together, running over. Men will give into your bosom. With the same measure that you meet, with all it'll be measured unto you again. So we were going to practice the principle. We weren't just going to give, why were we going to give back into us? We were going to give somewhere where we could receive a harvest. And so instead of taking money out of the bank, Brandon, you know what we did? I said, let's have a fundraiser. Did we need to raise funds? No. We had plenty of money. But I didn't want to take money out of what the church had already to pour into these families. I wanted this to mean something to us. So, you know, we, I think those of you who have been coming on Wednesday, you don't know this, but I've been talking about supernatural increase. Two Wednesdays ago, the Spirit of God spoke to me, told me to start talking about supernatural increase. I started talking about it, and we've been on it for two weeks. Listen, if you're broke, you need to come on Wednesday. Yes. If you need money, you need to come on Wednesday. I will, God's, God's working. And, and I'll tell you what the Word of God says about it. But I, I think I, we read it on Wednesday about the church in Thessalonica in Second uh, Corinthians chapter, I believe it was chapter 8 or chapter 9, that the church in Thessalonica, not only did they give in an offering to help other saints, but the Bible says they first gave of themselves. And so I told all the folks at Winter's Church at that time, I said, I don't, I don't want you to just give your money. I want you to give yourself first to the Lord. And so I want you to invest the most valuable thing you have, your time. I want you to invest your time. You know what we did? We made cinnamon rolls. 
there is nothing more time consuming and nothing that will try your faith or your patience like getting together with a bunch of church people to make cinnamon rolls as a fundraiser. And then we had, I think Eric, did you sell that year, Eric, or no? Someone did. Someone sold a load of cinnamon rolls. I mean, maybe it was Michael. It was, there were so many cinnamon rolls that were sold by Michael, I didn't think we would be able to fulfill the order. I mean, it was a lot. So we got together. I mean, Hilda, boy, Hilda was, Hilda was at her peak with, with administration. I talked about that. Man, she, she was in charge of a house, and, and uh, Hilda is so, you know, organized that she had lanyards made with people's names on them and, and what their role was. And this is, this, is, this is your station, this is your station, this is your station. And they had to, she's putting the lanyards on, and people are like, I don't want to wear that. She's like, you're wearing your lanyard. <laughs> I mean, she ran a tight ship, boy. Hilda, she wasn't with her. If you stepped out of your station, she's like, hey, get back to your station. <laughs> but we did it, man. We poured ourselves into making those cinnamon rolls, and we raised a ton of money, and we were able to bless several families with Christmas. We had a big shindig at a, at, at a place, in, at a country club, I think it was, and man, it was, you want to talk about fulfillment. Now, see, most people don't know that type of fulfillment because, go, put that scripture back up there, will you, Marissa, that verse one. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech. Paul was begging them, walk worthy of the vocation. There's, there's, so, there's something that can only happen in your life. There's a fulfillment that can only be achieved when you are selfless and you give holy of yourself. Listen, that, that's, the, that's the culture, that's the foundation on which this church has been established. Right. And if you haven't been here from the beginning, you don't, you've never, you, you didn't hear me say these things. You didn't go through these things with us. You didn't hear that. You didn't get to participate in that. But that, that's been our heart from the beginning. We are not just going to do things that cost us nothing. We refuse to give God something that didn't cost us anything. I refuse, listen, I refuse to give God a praise that didn't cost me something to give him. I re, some of you, you came with a praise today and it didn't cost you nothing to give it. And that's why you will leave here unfulfilled like you did at every other church you've ever been to in your life. And you will blame the preacher. You will blame the church. You will blame the message. You will blame the messenger. You will blame the people. But you won't put the blame squarely where it belongs. And that's on you. The only, listen, I'm not being ugly. I know some of you might think I am. I'm not being ugly. In fact, I've gotten ugly before, and this is, this is way nice. Y'all have, have heard me in ugly times. Yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll know if it's ugly. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Derek's like, let me, just, let me just preface this by saying I'm not offended. I'm just going to go get some regular. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, 
But there, there's a reason why I feel passionate about this because there are things that I have done in life and in ministry. There are things that I've, I've been in church since I was 16 years old. I've been preaching the gospel since I was 16 years old. You know what? You, you pick up a few things when you've been doing this as long as I've been doing it. And I've been to church when my praise didn't cost me anything, when my worship didn't cost me anything, when it didn't, when it didn't cost me anything to get out of bed, when it didn't cost me anything to get in the car. You know what? When you have church at noon or one or three, it costs you less than when you have church at 10, nine, eight. I've been a part of ministry and ministry teams and ministry work that didn't cost me nothing. It didn't, it, it didn't require me to have to sacrifice anything to be a part of the worship team. It didn't require me to have to sacrifice anything to be a part of intercessory prayer. It didn't cost me anything to be a greeter. It didn't cost me anything to be a deacon. It didn't cost me anything to be an elder. In fact, you know what? You know what's happened at a lot of churches? A lot of churches will give you positions and will give you titles and will put you in place in, in order to try to hook you and reel you in to make you feel obligated to come. And you know what? I wasn't about to do that at this church. Because God doesn't want you just filling a role. He doesn't just want you doing something at church and then feeling obligated. That's why anytime we see anyone who's working in children's ministry who only shows up when they're in children's ministry, that's why we try to get them out of children's ministry as soon as we can. Because we don't want you coming to church just when you have to do something. That's an unhealthy, that's an unhealthy habit. Are y'all hearing me today? And it's very easy for us to find our way. You know what? When we've done church that way all of our lives, when, thank you, Debbie, when we've been a part of churches that were that way all of our lives, we can find ourselves drifting back to those concepts, drifting back to those ideas, drifting back to those attitudes. In fact, we can observe things happening in this church and think that because it appears the way that it was at the last place, we're, that that's the way it is here. And listen, let me tell you something, church. If you're not careful, you can allow things to become that way. I'm just going to tell you something real quick. I, I haven't settled anything, but I want you to know something. We may not be doing any summer outreaches this year. Because something has gone in the ditch with our summer outreach. Now, not so bad that we couldn't do them and, and still be a blessing, but there's, there's, we, there, there needs to be some sort of reset that needs to happen. And so I'm, I'm contemplating not either skipping one or two of them and waiting until we can reset and re-figure re, re this out. And I, again, it may be because the Lord wants us to move on from how we're doing it. And we, we, we caught a rhythm and we caught a flow. So much so that we have people that are registration table and we got people that are serving. We have the same people doing the same stuff. And unfortunately, people that didn't lock into something early on are locked into the thing, the last thing that anyone wants to do, which is uh, temple ministry, setting up tables, taking down tables, uh, uh, chairs, whatnot. And, and then people are like, well, wait a minute. Everybody's been here forever. 
they're doing stuff that's fun and we're over here hauling tables. I hear you. No, don't get me wrong. I hear you. Most, most people do. Most people that are serving in temple ministry are glad to do it. But you know, if, if you're not careful and you don't remember all these things that I'm, why, if, if you don't remember that, number one, if people that are leading it don't remind us of why we're doing this. Things can, things can get discombobulated and get, and then, and then when you're in ministry and you have, you know, only one person that says, I'm going to help you. And you feel like you're in, you feel like you're drowning. So you don't resort to saying, well, I'm going to do this for the glory of God. And, and this is for the glory of God. We're going to do this. for Listen, if no one else is going to give praise to Jesus in doing this, I'm going to do it. And in, instead of doing that, what we do is we try to guilt people then into doing stuff. You know, we really do need another person in the nursery. I mean, you do have kids. I mean, I don't really think it's fair that if you have kids, you don't have to work in the nursery. Is that really how we want to do ministry in this church? Well, if you don't come and help me, Rachel, then me and Ted are going to have to do everything. Then you got old Ted. Hi, Rachel. Uh, I did not. No, no, no. I just say. <laughs> they know I'm preaching to it. They know I'm preaching. <laughs> hey, was I doing it pretty good? But they. Man, man is like, that did kind of look like Ted a minute. But y'all, y'all know what I, y'all know what I'm saying. You know, you start to, you start to give, you, then you, then you start to use, you start to use tactics and, and things that aren't biblical and aren't scriptural to try to get people to participate in what God wants them to do. Worship team, you know, I mean, every aspect, listen, every aspect of ministry that, necessitates some sort of commitment and some sort of responsibility. You know what? Lots of us like to do stuff when we don't have to do it. If you didn't have to put up tables, you probably wouldn't mind putting up tables. If you, <laughs> if you didn't have to do nursery, you'd be like, oh man, I'll do, yeah, I'll watch them kids. But the minute they put you every month, you're like, man, I don't know. This hard. This hard. And 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 honestly, what's how much? How many times? Now twice a month. So so, but but if no one had asked you, you know what? If no one had put you on a on a calendar, you'd have probably done it more than what you were committed to on the calendar. Most, most of us, we do, we do most of this stuff just because if we really did, if we really just didn't feel like that we were being, but here's the thing, you know, this is, this is why we teach these things so that when we start putting some structure to it, your mind isn't on the structure. It's on why you're doing it. 
Today, you're not here for pastor. I'm glad you're here. Don't get me wrong. If you weren't here, you know, it would make make me feel bad, but I wouldn't have a whole lot of people to preach to. And I I just, bigger crowds just help you out. Oh, yeah. Make you feel like you're accomplishing something more. Thank the Lord. (laughs) I didn't mean larger crowds like big people. I mean, like a more numbers. (laughs) He's like, chicken in a soup. <laughs> uh, yes, I know. Yeah, yeah. See, Derek, I kind of got, I kind of got that too a little bit. <clears throat> but this, this is a, this is a, this is really a key for you to break through. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. There is no you, you cannot, you cannot experience the contentment and the fulfillment and the assurance that comes with doing things out of walking worthy of the calling of the work that God's called you to do. There isn't anything more fulfilling. There is nothing that will that will energize you, that will strengthen you, that will fortify you, that will build you up and edify you in your spirit than what I'm telling you right now. When you've done it, you know it's right. And when you're not doing it, you know too. Because it becomes laborious. It becomes something that is not really fulfilling. So we constantly have to keep bringing our minds back to that place of understanding. Do I really want to offer the Lord something that didn't cost me anything? Do we really really want to do an outreach that is effortless? That doesn't cost us our time, our effort, our money, our blood, our sweat, our tears, our emotions, our minds, our will, the anointing. Oh no, I just feel so drained. You know, you think people would be like, I gave it all. What's that song we sing to Kiyo? It says, uh, spend, we spend ourselves. Dance. Is that what it is? Yeah, that we spend ourselves on him. Well, see, spending yourself on him means you're going to be spent. Now, when we spend ourselves in the flesh, in the natural, what do we have? Money? <clears throat> and you know money's unfaithful. But when you spend yourself on him, Go ahead, that's it. You spin over me and are pleased when I spend myself on you. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Not at all what I was going to preach today, folks. But this walking worthy, we need to remember it. We need to remind. You know what? When, when, when new people like Bailey come, we need to, we need to let her know. Look, Bailey, we'd, we'd love to have you, we'd love to have you help with temple ministry, but 
it's not an obligation that you have to make to me. I'm not asking you to, to help in temple ministry for me. It's hard work. Let, let me tell you something. It's hard work. You're going to get there early. People are going to show up late. You're going to, be, you're going to feel like you're unappreciated. You're going to feel like you're unappreciated, like nobody cares, like nobody, like nobody respects your time because you're going to show up at 2 o'clock and, and then, then someone's going to say, didn't you get the memo? We're not supposed to be here until 2.45. And you're going to spend 45 minutes in the heat of summer. And Ted had the tents, so you can't get under a tent. You know, and, you know it's, it's always something. It's always something. Isn't it, Don? It's always something. <laughs> but you know what? When you got people that come, that the Lord touches them, when you're praying with them, people and their cry and their hot tears are falling on the back of your hands as you're praying for them. You put your hand on their head and the anointing of God is flowing through you and into them. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Melody, did you help? You helped the... Children, right with the children, and how fulfilling was that? And it was, but it was, it was inconvenient, wasn't it, to get with those kids and to? No, she's like, not too much. <laughs> it takes a yeah. She's like, no, I was, I was ready. She was ready. You know, for for some people, it's it's inconvenient for them to serve. But God's looking for those that will walk worthy of the calling. Do you know what this church cost me? This church cost me an entire evangelistic ministry. You say, yeah, but Pastor, you still travel. No, not like I did. No, everything has changed about my ministry since we started this church. This church necessitated that. Am I griping about it? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Do you know why the Lord had me do this church second? Because if I'd have done it first, I'd have never gone to evangelize. Because I love y'all. There's no one I'd rather preach to than you. Oh, yeah. When I go and I hear pastors say, man, these people, I'm like, <laughs> sucks for you. <laughs> I go to telling them stories about y'all and they don't believe them, do they, Sheree? They don't believe it until they come. Yeah. I'm going to say something. Cut me off real quick, Marissa. I'm going to say something. I'm going to mention a name real quick. But there was something that I saw about him. When we, when, when we got together, all of a sudden I saw him in a way I'd never seen him before. All of a sudden I realized I had a value. That he loved me in a way that I, I didn't understand. That when he looked at me, he saw me in a way that I didn't see, I didn't see myself. I got to know him better because I got to spend myself on him to walk worthy of the calling. 
Listen, if you want coffee and cookies and a, and a good time and a show and a theater and entertainment, there are plenty of churches in Oklahoma City you can go to and get that. But that's not what we're after around here. I want his presence. I'm still in search of the one who rescued me that I still don't really understand exactly why. Why would he marry himself to a prostitute? Why would he devote himself to someone so flawed and so broken, so evil, so wicked, so bent on, on, on being sinful? <laughs> but he loves us. He loves us. Am I, am I okay? Are y'all getting this today? If you, were, if you were a part of Winner's Church in the early years, you got a lot of this. You, you heard me talk a lot about this. And it helped you. You know, it did. It helped you. It helped you to stay on course. It helped you to remember that if God can put up with you, you can put up with each other. Right, that right? <laughs> that we could be mad, but it would be okay. You know, not that anybody's mad. I'm not, that's not, that's not why I'm saying this. I'm just saying, I'm saying this because I believe that God's leading us and he's doing his work in us and he's helping us. And we, we, need, to, we need to be about the business of walking worthy of his call. I love you. I care about you, but we're going to be faithful to God. Isn't that right? Let, let's, let's read on a little bit more. It says, walk worthy of the vocation. Walk, say this with me. Say, walk worthy, walk worthy. Of, the of the vocation. What's a vocation? It's a job. Walk worthy of the job. Walk worthy of the work. If he calls you to preach, prepare. If he called you to teach, prepare, be ready. Walk worthy of that call. Listen, if he called you to be an example to the flock, quit sinning, quit, quit, quit shacking up with this one or that. You know, you know what I'm saying? Don't do that. It's, walk worthy. Now, I'm not condemning you. That's not what I'm doing. Right. And some people, oh, no, he's condemning people. There. No, I'm not doing that. That's not what I'm doing. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying is if you're, if you're, if you're out running around and, and sleeping around with people like a farm animal, just whatever with whatever moves, that's probably not going to help you to finish the work that God called you to do. Amen. So what, you know what you got to start doing? You got to start trying to figure out how to quit sleeping around with everybody. You got to find the Lord in a way that helps you out in that area. All right, see, I, I'm trying to get off of this, but somebody needed that. <laughs> You don't have to tell us who you are, but anyway. <laughs> and how do we walk worthy of it? With all lowliness. Notice what it says. With lowliness. Say with lowliness. lowliness. In other words, we don't, need, we don't need to be lifted up. We don't need to sound a trumpet. We don't need to clank a bell, beat on the bottom of a pan. What? Let me ask, let me ask you a question. What if, is it, what if this is it? What if this is... Because some of you, you're like, man, any day I'm going to make it. Any day I'm going to make it and God's going to do with me what he wanted and I'm going to make it. 
Do you know I have never had that in my life? Every day I know I'm making it. I'm not doing everything that God called me to do, but I'm doing what God called me to do right now. I have contentment right now that I'm doing his will. Some of you, you're not happy because you don't feel like you've gotten where God wants you to go. Any moment you're going to make it, you're going to get your break. You're like that country singer in Nashville, like that actress in Hollywood, waiting for your big break. Let me ask you a question. What if this is it? What if this is what you do for him for the rest of your life? What, what if God, Carolyn, what if God just called you to sit up in here and say, go, Pastor, go? Preach a healing room, teach a Wednesday. Because I'll be honest with you, if this is it for me, amen. That's right. What I'm doing, I'm doing for the glory of God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With lowliness, with meekness. With long suffering, with, pa- with patience. Say with patience. with patience. If I'd have been God, I'd have done what he did in me in 10 minutes instead of 10 years. But I'm not God. See, some, some of you are like, but Brother Ziggy, didn't you go into the ministry a year after you got saved? Yeah, but I had no responsibilities. I was a teenager. I lived in my father's house. He bought my food. I lived under his roof. He bought my clothing. You know, I had a lot of time to devote. Some of you don't. Some of you have mortgages, children, marriages. That adds a lot of complexity to getting to where God needs to take you. You, you have other responsibilities. And so you have to adjust your expectations. Anyway, I'm getting into that. Forbearing one another in love. In other words, you've got to put up with each other. Endeavoring. Endeavoring. That, you know what that means? Trying. <laughs> to keep the unity of the Spirit. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard, isn't it? Listen, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to talk to Carolyn. It's hard, isn't it, Carolyn? It is hard, Pastor. <laughs> it's hard, ain't it? I can point at every, listen, Caroline, don't pick on me, Pastor. But I can point at every one of you. And everybody would be like, amen. amen. Like some people are like, man, I'd like to be at leader, Winner's Church leadership. Listen, then you would be, the minute you become a part of leadership, you are going to be endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Because you're introduced to a whole nother facet. Well, y'all ought to try to be Hilda. Imagine being Hilda. You know, Hilda, can, can, I, can I take about two more, three more minutes? Okay. Sister Hilda, you know, Sister Hilda, um, wonderful, wonderful. If you, listen, if you haven't talked to Hilda, you need to talk with Hilda. If, she, if, she, if, you're, if you don't feel to, like she totally connected with her, talk to her again. Just keep going back until you 
until you figure it out. Hilda's a unique individual, and she's awesome. But Hilda, when we receive offerings in this church, David and Michael, uh, uh, Hilda's husband David and Michael, they take what comes in the offering. Most of it comes in through electronic you know, giving. But what does come in in the offering, they take it to the back, they count it, they make a list of what came in, and they sign it, you know, accountability. Later on, I get a text with what came in the offering, just accountability kind of things, not because I'm necessarily interested. We don't get, have much come in on Sundays, cash anymore, checks, things like that. Um, it all comes electronically. But anyway, David takes it later to the, uh, to the bank and deposits it later in the week. I don't know when he does it. I think sometimes David procrastinates like me, and he, it, you know, it might build up a little bit. But anyway, it always gets there. Now, Hilda, she takes and she enters everybody's contributions into the system. So there is a person in this church that knows everything that everyone gives. Now, can you imagine knowing what everyone contributes financially and then hearing of, you know, different struggles and troubles people have then having to wade through that every Sunday to love, to serve, to worship, to still see Jesus in everybody. <laughs> Come on now. When, when you're hearing somebody complain and you're like, you don't give anything to this church. You don't have any right. To. I mean, that's what you, in the natural, that's what you'd want to think. You complaining? You hadn't given a dime. You, like, you ain't even a part of the church. But not Hilda, man. She'd she be loving people, serving people, praying with people, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. See, so some people, it's more complicated. Are y'all hearing this today? It costs something. You know, if we keep our mind on Jesus, though, Anyway, let's move on. Next verse. There's one body, one spirit, even as you're called, one hope you're calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is of all, above all and through all and in y'all. Verse 7, this is our verse. But unto every one of us is given grace. Say grace. grace. You know what grace is? Unmerited favor. Unto every one of us has been given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. You know what? God has given you grace. Now, here's, here's, this, here's what this grace is. It's like grace to... Uh, Shri has grace for evangelism. Nakia has a grace for worship. Gabe has a grace for directing. Hilda has a grace for administration. Debbie has a grace for serving. No one, ha no one has the same measure of grace for serving. The there are very few people that I've met that will serve as hard as she serves. You know what that creates in her? A frustration that no one serves with the same passion that she serves with. But how could they when it's your grace? I've, I've, I've watched Nakia get up here and worship 
I've, I've watched her sweat as bad as I sweat sometimes. I mean, just dripping sweat. And Lewis looking at her. <laughs> no, I'm just, just like, <laughs> well, you, you ain't lying. He says, no, no. But I've, I've seen her up here just sweating away, just praising God. And I know there have been times that she thought, why won't people worship with the same pastor? Nobody's going to worship with the same pastor you worship with. There's no freaking way. Because you have a grace. That's what sets you apart. That's what sets you apart. In every area where we sit, we have to understand these things. These are the things we ought to rejoice over. You ought to be like, man, I got, I got, there's a fire in me for this. And then when someone don't have the same fire, you'd be like, it's unfortunate. Oops, somebody getting beat back there? <laughs> Dear God, what are, they, what are we teaching back there today? <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Every one of us has a grace. Uh, uh, Shri has grace for evangelism. Debbie, a grace for serving. Nakia, a grace for worship. Gabe has a grace we found for directing and for playing, you know, musical instruments and and whatnot. Different people have different grace for different things. Sister Carolyn, boy, she definitely has a grace for exhortation and for intercessory prayer. I encouraged her to invite other people to pray. I probably shouldn't have. It just caused more frustration because she's like, Pastor said to ask y'all to pray. Now, y'all go pray or not? <laughs> but you know what? People don't have the same passion. <laughs> but I watched, Car- I watched Carolyn. When she, man, she really became passionate. You know, uh, Car- uh, Carolyn, uh, Rhonda developed, uh, <laughs> it's the other black lady. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the taller black lady. <laughs> she threw just a little bit of shade there. She threw a little shade. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, Ms. Rhonda, she's developed a grace in the area of evangelism. She's developing a grace in the area of it. Maybe she's always had it, but in intercession. She definitely been having a grace to preach and teach. Just these things are being revealed. Yes. Be patient, church. Let God work his work. I'm, gonna, I'm done. You, you can shut, your, shut that off so I know I'm finished. Um, I say these things because sometimes we need to reset. Stand up all over the place. Did this help anybody here today? I, I want you to understand why we do the things that we do here. Why, why many times we do it with such a great passion, with such a great zeal. It's, it's my heart, it's my desire for you all to discover, the, to discover the contentment and the joy and the fulfillment and the anointing, the presence of God, the nature of God, the character of God, the same as I have in doing these things. Listen, church, I'm, I'm your pastor. I'm, I, I know that uh, I, I'm called to be an example to this flock. I want you to know something. Each one of us are working out. We're all in different stages. Be patient with people in leadership. Be patient with people that are working together with you. You know, uh, 
some, some people in leadership, we're older, you know, we're, we're getting long in the tooth. When you get long in the tooth, you're not, you, you're not as, how do you say, you, you don't have as much tact, always have as much tact as younger people will have. You, sometimes you're just tired of, you know, you're tired of answering the questions. And so sometimes we can be a little snappy. Isn't that right, Joyce? Joyce is like, amen. But it, we're working, you know, we're working. It's not that you ought to take it from everybody, but, but you know, yeah, you should. You know, it'd be all right. Absorb it. It'd be okay. It'd be okay. But I'm, I'm working with everybody. We're all trying to work to fulfill God's purpose, to do his will, to walk worthy of the vocation that God's called us to do, every one of us. And so to, today, pray. Ask God to help you to discover your grace. What is it that he has for you? Maybe he doesn't have something for you to do here in the church. You know what? Maybe your grace, Brandon, I'm going to tell you something. I, 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 your wife heard me say this. Maybe she recorded it at the leadership meeting. But God brought you to us and he used you and you didn't, you didn't really know what God, you didn't know it, bro. I was praying. I was praying. I was asking God to help us, to help the men of our church. We needed it. And here's how we needed it. We just needed, we needed something to happen that would help us to become expressive in our worship. Men. The women were plenty expressive, but the men were not. And when you came to this church and you jumped in the aisle and you begin to praise God, I thought, dear God, thank you, Jesus. It's not that we were never expressive, but now, you know, we weren't, it wasn't often. And then when we came to this building, and you, you know, and, and we came up here, and you came to the front. And, you know, at first it was just you. But then when Lewis joined you, and, and then Gil joined you, and then pretty soon, you know, Don is up here. Now, nearly all the, all the men are coming forward now. God used you. Now, some people think that's insignificant. That's not insignificant. God used you. You know, no one said it to you. Maybe nobody would have. But see, that, that is walking worthy. You may not even know what you're doing. But God's using you. God's using Gil right now. You know, we, we uh, uh, said in a meeting, we were talking about men's ministry and we we're talking about getting the men up in front of the church to pray every week. And I said, you know, I'm not sure I can devote myself to doing that. And Gil was like, I'll do it. And so Gil goes around gathering the men together before church every week. Get them up here to pray. You know what I told Gil? I said, Gil, thank God. I said, here's the thing. If you're the only one up here praying, keep doing it. Be determined that you're going to walk worthy of what you sensed in your heart God wanted you to do. Maybe you'll be celebrated as member of the quarter. Maybe you won't, you know. Maybe you won't. Honestly, it, it don't really matter. We, we, do want to, we do want to celebrate everyone. Eventually, we're going to run out of people if we don't grow. We don't start growing quick. Eric, you got to help us out. Start getting some butts in the chairs so we can have more people. <laughs> Lindsay, you got to help me out. 
Every time we go to thinking on numerical growth, you know, something shifts and something happens. But I know, I know God's growing us. We've got lots of great people here. But we want to stay on course and make sure that we, even in our growth, you know, if God grows us to 10,000, may we be 10,000 people that are mobilized to do the work that God called us to do. That we have 10,000 people that whatever they do, they do for the glory of God. That when they worship, they worship with a worship that cost them something. That when they praise, they praise with a praise that they had to, they had to spend themselves to give. That when they served in some capacity of ministry, it, co- it cost them something. And there was a rejoicing and a joy and a privilege in doing it in the name of Jesus. So, Father, I thank you today. I thank you for your word. Honestly, church, you, maybe you can tell I didn't prepare that. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just speaking out of my spirit. <clears throat> and I know the Lord's looking at us right now, and he has such a great... Jesus, Jesus loves us big time. And he has such a great care for us and toward us. He loves you. He loves you. And he wants to do great things in and through your life. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you any different. Don't let him keep you. Don't let the enemy keep you from all that God has for you. So, Father, we we thank you today. Lord, I pray for Eric right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for him. Lord, I thank you that you're restoring to him everything, Lord, that he needs. Physically, emotionally, in the spirit of his mind. Lord, every part of his being. Lord, your word declares that you made us body, soul, spirit. Actually, spirit, soul, and body is the order in which your word declares you made us. Spirit, soul, and body. So, Father, I thank you that he is going to be fortified and strengthened in you, spirit, soul, and body in the name of Jesus. Spirit, mind, will, emotions, and physically in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, I thank you that he is, his memory is be, becoming sharp. Lord, that he is remembering the things he needs to remember short-term, long-term. God, give him insight into the future. Let him remember what's coming (laughs) before it arrives. Because that's what your word says your spirit does. He shows us things to come. May his reliance not just be on his brain, but may his reliance also be on your spirit to give him recall and to help him, Lord, to remember those things that are necessary Uh, in every aspect, in every part of his life. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, that your hand is upon him. Lord, touch his mother-in-law where she's at today. I curse the trouble that's come against her in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you'll touch Bonnie right now, and whatever is working, that Bell's palsy, if that's what it is, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. May she get full mobility of her face, of the muscles in her face, of 
of all of that. Lord, touch her where she's at. I loose her right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing for her. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing for Eric right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, touch Joyce. Say, what do you need, Joyce? All right. God, I thank you. Lord, all these procedures that are coming, we thank you, Lord, that your hand is resting upon the physicians. Lord, that you're guiding them, that you're anointing them, that because of the care that you have for your daughter, you're going to make sure that nobody touches her uh, without your hand resting upon them first. And Lord, I thank you that they're going to find that everything that's working in her is working. Rightfully, in the way that, Lord, you intended for it too. So, Lord, I thank you that Joyce, God, just before she even goes, give her, give her a brand new heart. Get, just take one off the shelf of the warehouse of heaven. Stuff it into her chest today in the name of Jesus. Oh, when them doctors look, may they be like, well... You got, it seemed like you got a brand new one in there in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, let your hand rest mightily upon her. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Don, is there something specific? Lord, we thank you for healing for Don, for Lynn. Lord, we thank you they're not breaking down, they're breaking out in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Lord, I thank you that you are fortifying and strengthening them in the name of Jesus. I know their bodies are trying to tell them something. But Lord, whatever their bodies are trying to tell them, we know their spirit is declaring they're well, they're healed in the name of Jesus. So Lord, we curse sickness, we curse infirmity, we curse trouble, not only in Don and Lynn, but Lord, anything that might try to come into their house. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we break the cycle right now of sickness, of infirmity. We break it right now in the name of Jesus. And we say they're coming out of their, that rut in Jesus' name. And Lord, they're breaking into a place of divine healing, health, and wholeness. Yes, the deliverance reigns in their house in Jesus' name. Yes. We thank you for it, Father. Yes, amen. amen. Yes. Carolyn, what is Your aunt. Uh-huh. Lord, I thank you for Carolyn's aunt. I thank you, God, that you take care of every infection. I curse right now the cause of those infections in the name of Jesus. Lord, if, it's, if it has to do with her care, how she cares for then Father, I pray that you will help her to care for herself in a manner that will disallow these infections to continue the way that they have. But Father, if it's a result of faulty, uh, something the doctors have done that's wrong or just her, her own physical body, we curse it in the name of God. No matter what it is, we declare these infections are coming to an end now in the name of Jesus. Father, that foot in Jesus' name. You said it's your sister? Lord, that, that foot in the name of Jesus. We, we pray, God, that whatever the, whatever the cause, whatever the trouble, that she'll be 100% healed uh, and whole for your glory in the name of Jesus. Be healed. 
Carolyn and I stand in agreement right now. You said where any two agrees to touching anything on earth, it would be done for them by their Father which is in heaven. So we call it done by faith in the name of Jesus right now. Amen. 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 Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Come here, Anna. What do you need? God, give Anna all the wisdom that she needs in the area of money. God, you know, you hear, you see. Supernatural wisdom. The wisdom of God. The mind of Christ when it comes to your finances in the name of Jesus. Lord, supernatural increase. Headed Anna's way. She'll say what she has. She'll have what she says. Doors of opportunity opening for Anna today. Supernatural increase belongs to her and is filling her entire house in the name of Jesus. You know what I declare over you, Anna? I declare... I'm not even declaring an apartment for you. I'm declaring a house for you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. The devil's told you you can't do it because you're by yourself. But the Lord says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. You know, the Lord tells me, he said, you don't have to know where the money's going to come from. God says, I can send it in any way that I want to. He says, the days of your mind racing, trying to figure out how I'm going to do things, he says, those days are over with. The Lord says, your mind will no longer race to try to figure out how and when and with what and where all these things will happen. The Lord says, those things, he says, those things are are my business. The Lord says, you be about your business. He says, I'll be about my business. He says, if we'll take care of business, the Lord says, we'll be in business in the name of Jesus. I lose that to you in the name of Jesus. I thank God for it in the name of Jesus. Lord, continue to let your hand rest upon Ayla. Lord, you keep her till Tuesday. But Lord, as soon as Tuesday hits, we're praying that baby come in the name of Jesus. I'm, I'm telling you, man, it could be this week. So I lose that to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, let Isaac, let him be helpful in the process. Lord, let him move and do everything he needs to move and do to make sure that this all goes according to plan and according to your purpose in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank God, Ayla. In the name of Jesus, Thank God, Isaac. Amen. Amen. Lord, fill him with the Spirit. Yes. <laughs> fill him with the Holy Ghost. May his first words be in tongues in the name of Jesus. What do you need? Huh? Just in general. Lord, I thank you. God, touch your daughter. God, I pray that your hand will rest mightily upon her today in the name of Jesus. Lord, fill her from the crown of her head to the soles of your feet, of her feet with your Holy Spirit. Lord, let her leave here filled to overflowing. May she know the touch of your presence and the 
greater measure of your grace. God, may she, may she leave out of here with a, with a heart and a desire, Lord, to know the purpose to which you've called her. And God, may she discover it. May she discover your purpose. May she discover, Lord, the reason why you created her. And may she walk in the fullness of the grace that you've given her, God, to fulfill that purpose in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. What do you need? <clears throat> Lord, touch Jasmine. I pray, God, that you'll help her uh, in, the, in the spirit of her mind, Lord. Lord, your word wouldn't tell us that we could take thoughts captive and bring our thoughts to the obedience of Christ if we couldn't do it. Lord, if it wasn't within the ability of every believer to control the, their thought life and to control what either comes in and goes out of their mind, then, Lord, you wouldn't have said it. So we know, it's number one, it's possible. Number two, Lord, if it's possible, then you intended to teach us and to instruct us and give us wisdom on how to do it. And so, Lord, I thank you that you're helping Jasmine today, that you're giving her the wisdom necessary, that you're giving her the ability necessary to rule her thoughts, to rule her thought life, and those things that are in her mind in Jesus' name. Lord, may, may, may your word work for her like it works for everyone. May your word wash and cleanse and scrub out all those things that don't belong in her mind. May those thoughts be replaced, her thoughts be replaced with your thoughts. May her ways be replaced with your ways. May her will be replaced with your will. And God, may, uh, may your principles rule in her mind over hers in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, Father, in the name of you. You know what I hear the Lord saying? I hear the Lord saying that he's given you authority over principalities. You know, say, say principalities. Principalities, the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Principalities being the lowest, um, the lowest uh, rank of a bad spirit. Principalities work on principles. Principalities will take and work against you through principles. You know what I hear the Lord telling me to tell you, Jasmine? Lord said, much of what he's desired to do in you is in the area of principles. Principles that you established, principles that your father, your, your family, your mother, and people, brothers, sisters, aunties, uncles, cousins, uh, everybody. All these people established principles in your, you know, there, was, there are principles that people live by. Some of those principles are not principles that the Lord wants you to live by. And so the enemy, that principality, will, is trying to work these principles against you. But God told me to tell you this. He's trying to change your principles. The Lord says he's not trying to rob you of your identity. Well, amen. The Lord says that when he starts dealing with you about your principles, you feel like he's messing with your identity. You feel like he's messing with who you are. And you're like, Lord, if you take that, then I don't know who I am. The Lord says, no. He says, you know who you are, God. God says, because I've already established who you are. 
God says, I've already said it. The Lord says, you're not who you are because of what you say in your mind. The Lord says, you are who you are because of what I declared the Lord said at your conception. The Lord says, I didn't wait till you were born to declare who you were. God says, the moment you were conceived, the Lord says, I declared it out of the heavens. The Lord says, and it became so in your inner man and in your spirit. The Lord says, and I desire to replace the principles that are in your life that have kept you from becoming, the Lord says, what I identified you as being. God, God says this. God says he's not trying to take your identity away. He's not trying to get you to lose this concept or idea of who you are. The Lord says he's trying to replace, he says, who you believe that you were with who you really are in the name of Jesus. Thank God. The Lord says, don't be afraid when he goes to meddling with you. He, everything he's doing, he's doing in order, the Lord says, that you might live in a, in a measure of freedom and liberty. God says this. God says when, when you experience him, you experience a measure of liberty and freedom that you desire to experience all the time. The Lord says... The freedom that you've experienced isn't the freedom even that you're going to live in. God says there's a greater measure of liberty and freedom that you've not yet encountered, that you've not yet experienced, that he really desires for you to live in every day of your life. The Lord says he set you on that journey and he intends to get you to your destination in Jesus' name. Thank God. I lose that to you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I thank God for you, Jasmine. That's a, that's a word from heaven there. I never heard that for you before. Never heard that. Amen. Thank God. Yes, amen. Thank God. Thank God. What do y'all need pressure? Anything in particular? Lord, we thank you for Derek, for Tabitha. Of course, we've always thought the world of them and cared for them and loved them. And we know that you've got a great purpose and a great plan for the both of them. Lord, we know that the anointing of your spirit is upon them. We know, God, that you've called them to uncommon things. And because of that, you've expected uncommon things from them. And Lord, they've worked together with you, with your spirit, uh, to, in order to facilitate the fulfillment, Lord, of your purpose. And so, God, I pray that you will guide their steps. Lord, you said in your word that the steps of the righteous are ordered by you. And, Lord, they're in right standing with you, not, not because of their performance, Lord, because of what Jesus did, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be in right standing. And so, Lord, as they stand before you, in right standing before you as righteous, Lord, they have the promise that their paths, that their steps will be ordered and directed by you. I thank you, Father, that this is a great season of promotion and increase for them in Jesus' name. Not only in the spirit, Lord, but in the natural. I thank you, Father, that you are elevating them to a higher place. Lord, that they are no longer going to remain relegated, Lord, to a place that is lower than what you intended for them to be. But Lord, I thank you. You created them. You created them to occupy a high place. And so, Lord, you are elevating them to that place in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father. That your name, your name has been in their mouths and their names have been in your mouth. And God, as you have declared and spoken their name, your grace has abounded toward them in the name of Jesus. 
And so, Father, I thank you your grace abounds toward them and that they are stepping over into a new place in this hour in the name of Jesus. Let your hand rest upon them. Let your anointing uh, validate and, uh, and uh, uh, confirm, Lord, all that you are saying to them. May their faith not just stand in the wisdom of men, but, Lord, not stand at all in the wisdom of men, but in the power of your spirit in the name of Jesus. Lord, I loose that to them today. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God. What do y'all need? Well, praise God. All right, let me ask you this. Are you serving the Lord with all of your heart? Are you serving Jesus? I, w- I would just say this with me. Say, Jesus. Say this. Say, Jesus. I surrender. I surrender everything to you today. I need you today. I need you today more than I needed you yesterday. And I receive today all that you have for me. In Jesus' name. So, Lord, as they surrender to you, I pray, Father, that your spirit would rest mightily upon them. Lord, I thank you that the fire of the Holy Ghost is saturating them today. Lord, that you are elevating them today. That you are bringing them, Lord, up out of a place. You know what I, you know what I hear the Lord saying? It's his desire to bring you out of the noise of the chaos. And out of the turmoil of the You know, um, the enemy likes to try to keep uh, God's people. And, and he, he attempts this all the time. He's always attempting it here. Attempts it in people individually, corporately, in families. But he, it's the enemy's desire to keep God's people in chaos. For there to be chaos because where there's chaos, you can never fulfill your purpose. God's purpose can never be fulfilled in the midst of chaos. But the only way to deal with chaos is for there to come order. And so my prayer over y'all is this, is that the Lord will bring forth order. And as he brings forth his order, it'll eliminate any chaos that hinders you from fulfilling his purpose in the name of Jesus. So Lord, I thank you that today is the beginning of a new day. That they're stepping over into a new place. That they are receiving of you, God, in a greater measure. That they are surrendering to you, Lord, in a greater way than ever before. And as a result, God, uh, they're they're going to be lifted up out of a place of chaos and into a place of order and, and your fulfillment in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lindsay, what do you need? Oh. All right. Sit in the chair. Let's get you... Let's get you, a, someone bring up a chair so we can get it. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, sit down in this chair here. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Ty. Boy, you anticipated that. In the name of Jesus. Shoot your feet up here. Does that hurt you? Yeah, man, this one's short. Now, in the name of Jesus. There it goes. Thank God. Hallelujah. Thank God. Amen. Come on. Look, look, look. Now it's farther out. 
We'll let it go back in the name of Jesus. It'll go back here in a second. In the name of Jesus, he's straightening you out. That's why, that's why it went out longer than the other one, because he's straightening you out. But it'll go back. We'll, we'll watch it go back since most people didn't see it come out. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Finish your work, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, look, it's going out farther. See? Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, he's fixing you. Look at that. He's fixing her. Look how far out it is. He's fixing you in the name of Jesus. Yeah, he's working it. It'll go back in a second. It's okay if I hold you out here still? Because I, I, want, I, want I want people to see if it... There it goes back. Uh, I want people, people to see it finish. Tenemesia. There, amen. Thank God. There, amen. Thank, there it is. Amen. Thank God. All right. Praise God. Amen. Huh? You need that too? <laughs> Thank God. Amen. Now, I push on the sole of people's feet because everybody said, well, the preachers pull on people's shoes. No, I push on their shoes so nobody ever try to say, oh, yeah, you, you do, boy. In the name of Jesus. There it goes. Thank, there it goes. Thank God. I curse your trouble in the name of Jesus. Yeah, that was quick. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God. Amen. <laughs> yeah, that didn't take long at all. Boy, that, that, you're like almost knocked me over. It's like, thank God. What do you need, Gil? I just, you know, the teaching that you did this weekend. Yes. Amen, yeah. Amen. Amen. Lord, I thank you for Gil. I thank you you're raising him up, Lord. He thinks he's going to be a great man, but he's already a great man. He thinks he's going to be a great man of God. He's already a great man of God. I thank you, Lord, that he's an example to this flock. I thank you, Father, that you're blessing him today. You know what? You know what the Lord told me to tell you, Gil? The Lord says sometimes he wants to bless you and he wants to bless you just because he wants to bless you. So the Lord told me to tell you this. He says, sometimes you're going to feel his spirit come on. You're going to be like, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he's going to say nothing. I just want to sit on you. I just want to rest on you. I just want you to be in my presence. That's it. You know what? You'll just sit there. You'll be like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But you know what, Gil? There's going to come a time when God's going to raise you up. And he's going to come upon you in that way. And he's going to say, go lay your hands on Denny. Go lay your hands on this one. Go lay your hands on that one. And when you come to me, you say, Pastor, I feel like I'm supposed to. I'm going to be like, go for it, Gil. Go for it. And when you do, God's going to use you. Boy, I feel the anointing right now. God's going to use you. 
God's going to use you. The Lord said, he's working with you. And God says you're working well together with him. He, the Lord told me to tell you this, Gil. He says, don't, he says, don't think that just because sometimes he says you wrestle with things and sometimes you find it's difficult, you know, to your emotions and to your mind. Lord says, don't think it's a failure. God says it's working. Because the Lord says, he says, you're grabbing those things that I'm saying in the spirit. He says, and it's working things out in your head and in your, and in your soul. But the Lord says, these things that God's doing, they're not failing, they're working. Don't think that it's an indication of failure when you feel like you, uh, like you, you, you hit a, a snag. God says, you're not, you're, it's not that you're hitting a snag, you're breaking through. You're breaking through. Those are breakthroughs. They're emotional. You know, sometimes they're, they're difficult, but they're breakthroughs. And so, Lord, I thank you that, that everything's being sorted out in his spirit, in his mind, in his soul. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. Your hand is on Gil and that you have great things in store in the days, not in the years, but in the days, weeks, months, and years to come. In Jesus' name, thank God. Amen. I love you, brother. Praise the Lord. Melody, what do you need? All right. God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that this tinnitus is leaving her in the name of Jesus. God, I command the nerves in these ears to be healed. Lord, I thank you that the ringing is stopping in the name of Jesus. Lord, she is not, she is not less and less in her hearing. She's more and more in Jesus' name. She's hearing better and better every day. Every day. Devil, she's hearing better every day. I rebuke this in the name of Jesus. I command you to be made whole. I command that ringing to stop. And I command these ears to open up in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You're welcome. I sure love you. Man, the, the healing power of God's here this morning. Thank God. Thank God. Boy, I feel like I'm in a healing meeting right now. Thank God. Hallelujah. All right. Well, listen, what a great day. Offering. Yes. Uh, if you haven't done it, do it. Uh, yeah, here, we'll put the offering plate up here. But if you have a, if you have a visitor's card, you can bring it. Uh, you can bring your offering. If you're writing a check, make it to Winter's Church. If you're giving cash, use an envelope, fill it out so we have a record of your giving. You can pull it up. Uh, week number 16, is it? Seven? 16? If you're supersede, week number 16, uh, you can give digitally or give electronically. You can text the keyword Winners Church 77977. I want to encourage you to participate in the economy of heaven. Listen, if you're broke, give an offering today. If you're broke, give an offering today. Sow a seed. Believe God for your breakthrough. Don't sit up in here broke and not do something. I know some pastors will say, listen, if you don't have anything, no. If you don't have nothing, that's when you need to do something. And uh, with expectation, let's expect God to do something great. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I pray over the offering. I pray over everyone. As they give, may it be given back to them. I thank you, Father, for the privilege that we have to participate in the economy of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. You can bring your offering. Listen, I love you. 
go in his presence before you leave. Love someone because you do. I'll see you back here Wednesday night. We don't, is healing? No, healing room's not tomorrow, is it? All right, so that's next Monday. So, uh, huh? But there is prayer tomorrow, yes. The, uh, I believe uh, Tree has committed to coming every Monday for as long as forever, whenever. And so there will be people here praying tomorrow. So if you want to come, participate in prayer, come and pray. But also Wednesday night, I'll be, I'll be ministering Wednesday. I will probably be continuing on supernatural increase. Man, there's been a real stirring in my spirit for it. And then, uh, of course, Friday outreach. And then uh, next week, it's going to be good. Pastor David. Probably Sister Hill to be up here too, boys. You know, you know, she get a chance. She's going to be saying a couple things. They might tag team. You never know. But anyway, Brother David will be here. So uh, I love you. Go on his press. Be praying for us. Gabe has a... Gabe was invited by Chris Sherwood, who led a worship here um, in a revival, invited by Chris Sherwood to come and to participate in what they're calling the threshing floor. It's a night of worship uh, there. In, uh, it's in uh, uh, Cleveland, Canton, Akron, Cleveland, Ohio area, where churches are coming together from really all over the nation. Uh, there are musicians from Bethel, musicians from uh, Elevation Musicians. Uh, no. I mean, from every, lots of lots of musicians from all over the nation coming together to worship God, gathering God's people together. So pray for us. We leave Thursday. That happens on Friday. Sunday, I'll start at Bethesda Worship Center. So pray for me as I'm with Pastor Harris. I love you. I'll see you next. Well, I'll see you Wednesday. In the name of Jesus, amen.